Welcome to That Hockey Show, broadcasting live from Aruga's Grill House and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York, where the game is always on. It's time for Wednesday Night Hockey, so let's drop the puck with your host, Paul Cuthbert. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to That Hockey Show right here live from Aruga's in Rockville Center, New York. It's Wednesday Night Hockey. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and a special guest host... Mr. Jim Cerny. Good evening, Jimmy. How are you? What is going on, buddy? I think you should have brought your guitar the way you were air guitaring it over here. I can't, do. can't take the music out of the music boy. I love the rock and roll, man. Great to be here. Once <laughs> again, everybody, we are live. We do this every other Wednesday night here through the uh, end of the regular season, and things are certainly hitting up. Uh, Post-NHL trade deadline here this week. Uh, lots of great moves. Islanders and Rangers had a huge game last night as the... Uh, the rebuild of the rebuild is uh, just going crazy, but um, everybody say hi to Jim Cerny. Jim is uh, uh, with NHL.com. Uh, senior editor now? Deputy? Yep, what you, senior you running the place. You own it, right? Uh, yeah, I don't run anything. <laughs> run it right into the ground. Hopefully we won't do that to the show here. Well, Jimmy, let's uh, introduce you here to everybody. Uh, you've, you've had a great history here with uh, especially the New York hockey teams Uh working for the Islanders and the Rangers. Why don't you kind of just give everybody a little bit of a history of uh, your involvement with the game? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do the Reader's Digest version. But, yeah, I've been fortunate. I've worked for both teams uh, in the local New York uh, market uh, with the Islanders. I did their play-by-play for a number of years on radio. And uh, with the Rangers, I was there 9, 10 years. Uh, I, I did all their web work. I was their in-house reporter. Uh, and, you know, it was... It's fascinating. I have so many. I have a book to write. I'm telling you that. But I think I'm going to have to be out of the game uh, first. So I'm at NHL.com now. And, you know, I used to host um, NHL Live. Don LaGreca and I were the first hosts of that show. So, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. It's Hockey's been very, very good to me. Absolutely, man. Been a big fan of yours for uh, many years. And like I said, lots of ranges now on the fans. No, you're so very well. Do you miss... Do you miss calling the games? I mean, is there anything? Oh, yeah. I know now you're more on the uh, on the uh, you know the business side of things with the NHL and everything like that. But um, do you miss? You know, are you getting down to the rink as often as you used to? And, and and maybe let me know what you miss more than anything, either whether it's up in the booth working, calling the games, or just being down in the locker room like you used to be with yeah, the Rangers. Yeah, all of it. You know, I still get to do some of that, but not nearly uh, as much as I used to. And my favorite thing about hockey has always been. I mean, I love the game. You know, obviously, I love the game. I love going, traveling to the different arenas in the league. But what I really love are the people of the game. The, the athletes, the, the players, the coaches, the front office people are the best of all the four major sports. And I've been able to, you know, kind of work in and out and around in all the different major sports uh, in my career. And there's nothing like hockey people. The players are the most down-to-earth athletes you know, the coaches are the easiest to deal with. Not, not always. I was there with John Tortorella for a you number sure of years. Were, buddy. I was. <laughs> but still one of my favorite people in hockey is John Tortorella because he is that good uh, of a person, that much of a down-to-earth guy. But that's going off on a tangent. But, I miss, you know, I miss being around the rink and seeing, you know, people that you've made connections with over the years and maybe they come into town with the new team and you, you catch them, you know, once or twice a year so. That aspect of it, you know, I do miss. And, you know, you mentioned it there at the beginning. I miss calling games. You know, I, I, I'm watching Rangers Islanders last night, and it was one of the rare games that I actually had the sound up. Normally I turn the sound off because in my head, 
I am always doing play-by-play in my head. I, I can't help it. I can't dance around it, can't avoid it. That's who I am, you know? And you never know. You might get called again, pal. <laughs> oh, well, we can. Hey, listen. You've got to be ready. <laughs> I need an agent like you. That's, that's what I need. But last night, though, Woo! I needed the sound up on that game because I needed to feel the intensity, the emotion of what was going down at Nassau Coliseum. I got to tell you, it was for all the years that either the Islanders were up, Rangers were down, or more recently in the last decade plus, Rangers have been up, Islanders have been kind of down. To have them both fighting for a playoff spot after the trade deadline, that place was bonkers. And that's the way it should be. And, and it was at the Collie, so it was throwback. It wasn't at Barclays. It was at the Coliseum. Places going berserk. And, oh, yeah, both teams made everything live up to, you know, the hype going into that game. I mean, it, it, I know it, it matters to the Ranger fans. I know it matters to the Islander fans. But if you're just a hockey fan, man, great theater. I didn't care who won. It was that great a game. And then you know, he took it right down to the wire, and Brock Nelson scores right at the end, and you get overtime. And then, you know, Panarin, all-world play. Zibanejad, all-world all finish. And, you know, the Rangers got the two points. Islanders got the one. But, man, I, I tweeted it out last night. Oh, these two teams could meet in the playoffs one day, seven games, just like when we were kids and it was kind of routine there for a while. Yep. Oh, man, I'd, I'd, I'd love that. I'd sign up for it. There's no doubt New York hockey is in good shape. Uh, both young teams, uh, at least the next four or five years, um, they kind of set the stage last night at the Coliseum in terms of how it's going to be. Uh, the Islanders themselves as an organization, just great stuff. Uh, you know, with new ownership, new building on the way. I mean, Lou Lamorello, Barry Trotz behind the bench. It's uh, a lot of respect that's coming back. I mean, just everything they're doing at the organization. You know, it it was really cool. And I I, I don't want to cut you off because you're building up to it. Anytime, Jason. No, 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 man. It's your show. I'm just here as a guest. It's the people show. (laughs) It it was really cool uh, for me. I live in Westchester. um, I'm driving down here. I'm driving across the island, going back to my roots. I'm a Queens boy. Uh, and to go by on Cross Island and see the new arena starting to take shape. I, I know it's still, you know, steel and rusty steel at that that's going up, but it's starting to take form there at Belmont, and I, I don't know. It's, I thought it was pretty cool to see. It's, it's, it's weird to see. Uh, you know, running uh, up and down the Cross Island, I was out of town myself last week for the break, going up to Wind, Windham and, hitting, and just seeing it. You know, and I got my two kids in the back, and it was really cool to turn around to them and say, hey, guys, watch what's coming up on the right. Yeah. They're building a brand-new hockey arena for the, 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 one of the hockey teams. You know, they're 10 and 7, so I don't think it's particular. But like, my kids are a range of fans, which is good, <laughs> so it's all right. But, um, yeah, no, it's, so New York hockey is great. Uh, the Devils are obviously finding them, them, themselves as well. But, uh, you know, that just came to a head. And speaking of Donald Greca, I was, I was going to a gig last night, and I was listening to the first, you know, start of the game on the radio and the first 12 minutes were non-stop non-stop and Don was he does a fantastic job he really really does and uh he was just all over the place it's exciting and he had a great line last night when the whistle finally blew <laughs> he goes thank god we're not paying Pete Stamkowski by the word <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome and, and the funny part of that is too normally you can't get Pete you can't yeah, get Stemmer to stop yeah. talking either <laughs> You couldn't get a word in edgewise. That first period awesome. was so high octane. 
and just set the stage for, you know, what was a great night. But, uh, it, you know, I, I don't even know where to start with that game because there was, you know, so many cool moments and, and all that to it. But I just hope that at some point, probably not going to be this year because they get to finish in different spots in the standings. Man, I want, I want seven games. Whew. I want Rangers, Islanders. And you know what's maybe the coolest part? Listen, I, I grew up at the Garden and all that more so than, you know, maybe at the Coliseum as a kid. That, the vibe when it's Rangers, Islanders at the Coliseum is it's the best locale for Rangers, Islanders. It's, it's better than the Garden. Maybe that sounds blasphemy. <laughs> Who are but, you? But that Coliseum, yeah. that vibe in the Coliseum when those two teams are playing, I mean, the barn just rocks. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great atmosphere. And even as a diehard Ranger fan, it's, it's great to see the Islanders organization come back um, because a good Islanders franchise makes for a, a more competitive and better Ranger yep. franchise because they're not going to want these guys to steal any headlines. But we're going to get uh, a lot deeper into that uh, game later on, and we'll also uh, talk about you know uh, some of the moves that the uh, Islanders and Rangers made in the trade deadline as well. There's lots to talk about. Once again, we are live from Arugas here in downtown Rockville Center, the, uh, New York, on Long Island here, just minutes away from the Rockville Center train station. So you city dwellers, definitely come out. Don't, don't be strangers. Uh, every Wednesday night, that's every Wednesday night. We're here every other Wednesday night uh, through the end of the season, and we'll see what goes on with the playoffs. But uh, for you hockey fans, come down here every Wednesday night. They've got uh, great specials. You show up with your hockey jersey. You get half-price drinks all night. Uh, there's a great hockey menu that's uh, dedicated to uh, just hockey-themed stuff, and I'll read a little more on that later. Uh, coming up at uh, 8 o'clock tonight, uh, we always showcase the NBC Game of the Week. Tonight, the Avalanche and the Sabres are going at it. I got my Avs jersey on. I used to live in Colorado. You do right now. Now, true or false, what was I getting on you with, with yeah. that? I didn't know. That you had a previous history with them. <laughs> I thought it was all about Vladislav Nemetsnikov. See, tying in the trade deadline there. I thought that's what you were doing, and then you just shot me down completely. Like I said, I was, I, I was telling you earlier, we, we didn't down. know where Hank was going to go. <laughs> but there was talk about him going to Rado, yeah, and I was going to put yeah. him on the back. We don't have to do that. Uh, later on tonight, too, the Oilers are playing the Golden Knights, and the Penguins are going to be in L.A. as well. So, again, every Wednesday night, come down here. Arugas has just been fantastic supporting the hockey fan. If you got teams, uh, you know, you want some sponsorships, the guys are interested in getting involved with you that way as well, too. So uh, come on down to Arugas every Wednesday night. We're doing uh, that hockey show, like I said, every other week, live at 7 p.m. We'll go till 8 p.m. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, me and JC are going to get into the trade deadline. We're going to talk about, I want to get your take, Jimmy, on, on where, you know, what you thought was who won, who lost. Uh, and, and just, again, there's so much to talk about. Uh, all the games that were on last night, the Jets are turned on as far as, you know, all these teams running towards the playoffs, great wild card races. So much to talk about. And also want to touch on Torch, too, the job he's doing in, in Columbus with a banged-up team. It's amazing stuff. But we got so much to talk about here on That Hockey Show. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Arugas of Rockville Center, the best sports bar experience, period. Full kitchen, 44 taps, and every seat in the house has a great view of all your favorite sports in action on 50 widescreen TVs. Every UFC fight, all MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL games, NASCAR, and more. 
Arugas is home of the notoriously B.I.G. pretzel and serves all your favorite bar food, including award-winning free-range wings with 20 choices of sauce. In addition to great weeknight specials, Arugas presents Long Island's best bands on Fridays and Saturday nights for a -a one-of-a-kind live music experience. Arugas is a great place to host a party or have us cater it right at your own home. Can't make it out during the week? Arugas provides takeout and delivery. Arugas does it all, and you can have it all. Located at 49 North Village Avenue in Rockville Center, New York, just steps away from the Rockville Center train station. Call us today at 516-744-9464 or visit arugas.com and click on our location. Arugas, this is your turf. Hey, Long Island and New York City hockey fans, tune in to the all-new That Hockey Show on THSRadio.com. Broadcasting live on select Wednesday nights from Aruga's Grillhouse and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York, where the game is always on. Join your host, Paul Cuthbert, at 7 p.m. for a pregame show before the puck drops at 8 p.m. for the game of the week. Skate on down with your line mates for great prizes and giveaways, craft beers, full menu, and lots of hockey-themed specials. Go to THSRadio.com for complete schedule and list of upcoming special guest hosts and featured interviews. That hockey show, Arugas, Wednesday nights. It's a natural hat trick. Every night is a great night at Aruga's Grillhouse and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York. Home of the notorious B.I.G. Pretzel, 44 taps, and 50 widescreen TVs. Come in early every Monday through Friday for happy hour and enjoy half-price drinks and wings 4 to 6 p.m. Wear your medical ID and get half-price taps and apps on Medical Mondays. Tuesday night is poker night with half-price apps 6 p.m. to close. Kids also eat free on Mondays and Tuesdays with the purchase of an adult entree. Select Wednesdays, we host Paint Night, and you can sing your heart out on Karaoke Thursdays. Party with the best Long Island bands every Friday and Saturday night, and then get half-price apps and drinks on our Sunday industry nights starting at 8 p.m. Arugas does it all, and you can have it all. Located at 49 North Village Avenue in Rockville Center, New York, just steps away from the Rockville Center train station. Call us today at 516-744-9464 or visit arugas.com and click on our location. Arugas, this is your turf. That hockey show is always live and archived at thsradio.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at That Hockey Show. Like us on Facebook at THS Radio. Now, don't just glide through the neutral zone on a back check, you slacker. Get the game. That Hockey Show with Paul Cuthbert skates on right now. Welcome back. THS, everybody, That Hockey Show, live from Arugas in downtown Rockville Center, Nassau County, Long Island, New York, just steps from the train station. You're surely Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and uh, very, very happy and privileged to be standing next to my friend, Mr. Jim Cerny, Mr. New York Hockey, oh. Mr. NHL, oh. Mr. Very Handsome, all that stuff. I could go on, but we only have an hour show, but... Uh, 
Once again, welcome back. Uh, every Wednesday night here at Arugas is hockey night, even when we're not here, so come on down. Wear your hockey jerseys, get half by strength. So, big day on Monday, Jim. Uh, NHL, it's like, uh, I guess you'd call it Christmas, uh, or, or the playoffs maybe is Christmas. Either way, uh, just a great day for um, hockey fans as far as watching, uh, you know, whether it's Trade Center, your Twitter feeds. I mean, it, it's incredible, Jim. Like back when you were in the game when you first started years ago, and now with social media and fake accounts and everything else. But lots of big trades. Um, I'm just going to give it to you. W- what did you think of the trade deadline? Were you impressed? I mean, I know there's some records broken in terms of how many deals were made and everything. Yeah. But tell me about maybe some, what you think winners and losers and, and something that really surprised you or disappointed you. Yeah, you know, I, I'll tell you. What, one of the biggest things that surprised me were the amount of trades. Because so many trades, so many of the bigger names had moved before the actual deadline on Monday. So, you know, I'm like, oh, take him off the board, take him off the board. You know, Kovalchuk's been traded, you know, Zucker's been traded. So many guys have been moved already. So I'm like, ah, you know, maybe it's going to be like last year. If you remember, last year's deadline was a little bit quiet, a little bit slower. Yeah, very, yeah. Especially with the bigger names. But there were a lot of big moves, and a lot of moves this year, what intrigued me the most, too, was the moves where GMs are moving away from the rentals. There were rentals for sure, but there are more trades now that I'd call hockey trades. Mm -hmm. You know, with guys with terms on their contracts still, and they get moved. That stood out to me because the trade deadline recently, in recent years, several years now, has been all about just trading guys whose contracts are expiring. So, you know, you look at biggest moves, you know, what were maybe some of the biggest surprises to me? I know a lot of people will say Chris Kreider is signing. I think a lot of people had written off that Kreider was going to stay with the Rangers. So certainly that was huge news. Didn't move any goaltenders? Yep. No, no, I didn't think that they were going to, actually. I I thought that they were going to stand pat with the three. But the biggest move to me came right at the very end right before the deadline at 3 o'clock, when Robin Leonard was moved from Chicago to Vegas. I thought Robin Leonard was going to get moved, but I thought, you know, Carolina, maybe, maybe your avalanche. Mm-hmm. I didn't think, I did not see Vegas. To me, that totally came out of, totally out of the blue. But what a great move. Like, if you're a serious cup contender like they are, mm-hmm. you're putting all your hope in a 35-year-old goalie, Marc-Andre Fleury, and your backup is good, Malcolm Subban. Yep. But now you're able to upgrade to a guy who was a Vezina Trophy finalist last year, who's played at that level again this year. What a great move. What yeah. a great move by Vegas. And it, and it came right at the end, too, you know? And so, for me, early biggest surprise was Kreider signing. And then the other one came right at the deadline with Robin Leonard going to Vegas. And uh, is there any particular team that you think uh, kind of won? I mean, Carolina made some good moves. Um, Toronto was kind of... Quiet. Yeah, very quiet. They signed Jake Muzzin, you know, so they kept him. Kovalchek going to the Caps. Your thoughts on that? So, I I like it. I I like it from an NHL.com perspective Uh because, (laughs) you know, writing about Ovi and Kovi and their history together when they were kids and... They always wanted to play together in the NHL. I, that, that's really cool. It's be a scary power play. I, that, absolutely. But Kovi, too, is going to you know, give him a boost, I think, on that third line. He showed in Montreal he's still got something left. 
Didn't work out in L.A. last year or this year. Went to Montreal and he kind of created this new narrative, you know, about where he's at. He can still play. He's 36. He can still play, especially if you have, you know, maybe limited minutes on the third line, but he gets a lot of power play time. And if he plays with his good buddy, Ovi, yeah, yeah, that, that's going to work. The move I really like for Washington, though, came before the deadline, before Monday, was uh, getting Brendan Dillon, the defenseman from San Jose. Really liked that move. I thought they, they needed to shore up their defense. This guy's solid. Solid, rugged, stay-at-home defenseman. You, I think every Stanley Cup winner needs a guy like a Brendan Dillon. You need your stay-at-home, solid guy, reliable, smart with the puck. They got Brendan Dillon. I... I as much as Kovalchuk will take the headlines in Washington, mm-hmm. I'd argue that Brendan Dillon was the big pickup. Yeah, I mean, the NHL trade deadline at this time of the year, obviously, is it's about uh, finding pieces to the puzzle. Every team needs, you know, uh, whether it's patching things up. I mean, with the, the salary cap now, uh, a lot of crazy things going on with uh, free agency, restricted free agency, the Seattle expansion that's coming up. Uh, yep. The GMs have to make so many different um, decisions here, and, you know, you see certain teams have to stand pat. Um, and then certain teams, like I said, they're, they're, they're thinking that, hey, we might have a chance here to catch on a run. What would you think of um, the Islanders getting uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot and obviously Andy Green coming in from Devils? I think you look at that, two guys, that, that's like pieces of the puzzle type of guy. What, what's your take on that trade? Well, first of Those all, they're, they're, they're both Lou Lamarillo, Barry Trotz guys. And, you know, I, the reason why I liked Pajot going to the Islanders is because he fits he, – Fits that mold. He fits that system so well. He's a 200-foot player. I, I don't know that he's ever going to be a, you know, we'll see what he ends up. He could score 30 goals this year. He's sitting at 25. He's their leading goal scorer right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I don't know that that's him. I don't know that he'll approach 30 again. But it, it's okay on a Barry Trotz team where you got to play two-way. You know, you need a good face-off guy. He's that. He, he steps in. He helps their power play. He helps her penalty kill. He helps her face off. You know, he helps in all aspects of the game. He can go and be a shutdown guy, uh, work on a shutdown line against another team's top line. I thought that he was as good a fit as the New York Islanders could have gotten. They still need more scoring. And right now you're riding the hot hand with Pajot, and he did score again last night. I, I think they needed another goal scorer. Yeah. But the weight... Barry Trotz, uh, Barry Trotz's Islanders play. He's a perfect fit. Now, first round pick, second round pick, conditional third round pick. They better have signed him to a contract, which is exactly yeah. what they did. It's my first thought when I heard the trade. I said, you know what? They better have something going on here where they're getting him more than just being a rental, which yeah. you know we just touched on before. So I guess it's a long-winded way of saying I think he's a perfect fit there, as is Andy Green, somebody – that Lula Amarillo knows very well, and Green played very, very well his first few games uh, with the Islanders. Yeah, no, they, they look good. Um, you know, with Trotz here and, and, and Lou and, and bringing the respect back to the organization and, you know, they, they had the 20-game run there at the beginning of the year. I mean, it's, you know. You know, they're now a sub-500 team since January it's 1st. It's crazy, yeah. It's a little so, concerning. So but it's a long season, you know. It's That's exactly it. And. I didn't think the Rangers were going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I thought this was going to be a transition yet, year, and they have it. <laughs> but I got to tell you, you look at their path now to maybe making the playoffs. 
It's there. You can see the path. The Islanders have come back to the pack after their great start. Yeah. So they, they have the first wild card. Second wild card is Columbus, who have, I don't know how they've done it this year. And you touched on it before. Tortorella's doing What a magic. job by John Tortorella. Big guys out. Getting Seth everybody Jones. to buy in there. Yep. So many injuries. They kept winning, winning. I think that they've hit a roadblock. And the fact that they've lost their best player, Seth Jones, for the rest of the season. And now they've lost Oliver Bjorkstrand, their leading goal scorer, for a team that doesn't score a lot of goals. Yeah. You lose your top scorer out for the season as well, or at least the regular season. Mm-hmm. Those, that, that might be those two things happening maybe too much for Columbus to overcome. I, I hope not for Torts' case, but that plays into Ranger path to the playoffs. Columbus is coming back winless in their last nine games now. So while the Rangers are surging, Columbus is coming back the other way. It's like two ships meeting in the night, going opposite directions. And now I wonder about Carolina, and that gets to the trade deadline mm-hmm. as well. Very aggressive, like the Vinny Trocek edition. You know, for what they gave up, I think it was a good move for them. They could get a guy that has term left on his contract, not a rental. Uh, you know, solidifies them down the middle. So I like that. Brady Shea fits in on their defense. They needed, they needed reinforcements on D with Dougie Hamilton and Brett Pesci, both out for the regular season. Sammy Vatnan, I know, is hurt right now, but he's a nice addition yep. as well. He's supposed to come back in another he's got week. Some time, yep. So I like what Carolina did at the deadline. Here's what worries me about them. And again, plays back, going back to Ranger path to maybe making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Goaltending. Yep. They lost both goalies in one shot. You know, the other day. And it made for the David cool, Ayers now whenever oh, they yeah, need David him. David Ayers. I mean, there's that, I mean, that's the coolest story of the entire season. But that said, now now you're you're riding it with Anton Forsberg, uh, you know, who's played 45 NHL games in his career. And the kid whose name, I, I apologize, I know I was a broadcaster and all that, can't pronounce his name. And I know he's one of their top prospects. You're sitting next to one of the worst guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, Jim. <laughs> and... I, you know, I know that they won, they won the Calder Cup with this kid last year. He's one of their top prospects. But he's unproven. He's played three games. Now, he, he could be there, Igor Shesterkin. But right now, you got to say, that's a Rangers advantage right now. Carolina, you could argue, better book, better all-around team and roster. But the Rangers might be better in gold, more solid in gold. And that might be the difference. So you can really see this crazy path all of a sudden. Uh, you know, taking place where maybe the Rangers can make the playoffs. But, you know, there's a lot of focus here on the Metro, okay? And this is what I want to ask you, too. Boston is still the monsters of the East. I, I think, you know, that the Stanley, whoever Correct. comes out of the East, it's going to be some battle. Um, Tampa's in the game. You know that. Just the talent. They stood fast. You know, they, they've got so much talent. They didn't have to do still too much. My, still my pick to win. Absolutely. Um, Pittsburgh made some moves. As long as Sidney Crosby is healthy, they're always, you know, uh, a troublemaker. And it's experience. And really good moves. Yes. They, they've wanted Jason Zucker for how many years now? Two, two three seasons they've, been, they've been interested in him. Mm-hmm. Great, great fit. They needed somebody to, to take Jake uh, Gensel's spot, you know, kind of ride shotgun with, with Sid Crosby. He is such a perfect fit because he can finish. He also is good two-way. You know, he, he's responsible defensively. 
But most of all, he'll give the puck to Sid, let Sid work his magic, and he'll go find, he'll get himself open. Sid's going to find him, and he has been finding him. He's unbelievable. The other thing I like Pittsburgh doing, and I know we'll we'll get back to, I know we got to get out of the Metro. We've talked a lot of Metro. No, no, no. But Connor Sherry coming back, you talk about another guy that has great chemistry with Sid. Connor Sherry's that. They get him back. They, you know, he's been a cup winner in Pittsburgh before. Comes back from Buffalo. Love, love him coming back to Pittsburgh. No, it's uh, like I said, this is it's going to be a tough run here. And with the uh, the Islanders and Rangers, and you know that wild card fight down at the bottom, uh, with these teams all kind of lining up, it's going to be unbelievable. And that's what the wild card's all about. Um, that's what the parity in the league right now is all about. It keeps all of us interested right now. Whether if you're four to six. Even seven points closer right now. Anything can happen over these next 20 games. We'll see what happens. So the East, you know you, know you got probably your, you know, a Stanley Cup uh, champion is in that mix coming out of the East as far as, you know, starting with Boston up top. Now, what I want to ask you is you swing over to the Western Conference. And St. Louis and Vegas, obviously, the, the year before, getting into the finals. St. Louis wins a cup last year. So the reigns in, in the Western Conference have changed. There was a lot of miles in Chicago. L.A., look at the Sharks, Nashville. Um, those are the big four or five top teams. Winnipeg obviously had a cup run, too. You see all these teams that put a lot of miles in their skates the last few years, coaching changes, uh, player changes, everything else, just not as threatening as they used to be. And then I want to ask you, who, who do you think is going to come out of that pack? Obviously Colorado, ton of talent, looking good. I love them myself. Uh, just really turned that whole – Sackick's done a great job. It's an exciting team to watch. Dallas is kind of hanging in there a little bit too, and obviously St. Louis is up there. But wh- where do you, where do you think the Western Conference champion has to go through on that side? Well, you have to go through St. Louis. You know they they proved it last year. You know in winning the Stanley Cup and have come back this they year. Carried and this it is, over. Yes. This is the harder, but it's not the harder part. Winning the cup's the hardest thing, but it's hard to come back. You know, after grinding your way through and, and winning the Stanley Cup and all they had to go through, you know, being in you know last place and then, you know, coming up and making the playoffs and then winning the Stanley Cup and all that, you know, the wear and tear that takes on you, then to come back the next season and be so good to be in first place again, you know, that says a lot about that group. Now, we'll see. Do they wear down come playoff time because, the you know, it's a lot of mileage, yep. you know, using your word. But right now, you got to go through St. Louis. They are so good, and I love what Doug Armstrong did at the trade deadline. What did he do? Nothing. That's why I said nothing. Nothing. Because J. Bull Mister, you know, with that very scary, uh, you know, incident, the cardiac incident, oh, yeah, he's out for right. the season. Yeah. Forgot about that. They immediately, a few days later, they got Marco Scandella to, to you know, to fill fill that role, very similar player to Jay Bo Mister. But then they did nothing. I'm not saying he didn't try. You know, of course, I'm sure he wanted to maybe try and improve his team, but he did nothing. He knows that his trade deadline acquisition is coming up in a couple weeks when Vladimir Tarasenko comes back to that lineup. Wow. There's, there's the boost they get. They're ready in first place. And what do you know about that, Jim, as far as Tarasenko coming back? Well, he's been skating, okay. so he's been around the team. I I'll be honest, I don't remember if he's practiced yet. I do not believe so. But he has been skating. And Armstrong said, geez, the other day or two, 
that I mean, how impressive he's a couple is that? weeks. I, to think that they've maintained their success without him in the lineup. Yeah. It's because they can lock it down. And again, go back to it, the old adage, defense wins cups. Of course, you got to score. You got to be, you yeah. know, that's obvious. Defense wins cups. And St. Louis was so good, so good defensively last year during the playoffs. And they've carried it over into this season, starting with Jordan Bennington between the pipes. And that's why he didn't mess with it. They have so many guys that are so good two-way hockey players. Ryan O'Reilly, guys like Brayden Shen, who have really expanded their game. He was more of an offensive guy when he came up with Philly. Now he's a real reliable two-way guy. You know, their bottom six forwards are all guys that can chip in offensively, but boy, are they good in their own end too, you know? So, again, long-winded answer. You got to go through St. Louis. I really like Colorado. That it, there's so much skill there. Yeah. Not good for them right now. The Miko Rantanen is hurt. And, yep. But you know they have weathered injuries all year. They're a hard-working team, man. Right? Hard-working team. They're, they're not team. easy to beat. Good team. And I really liked it. I know I joked about it with your jersey and Nemetsnikov and all that. They didn't do a whole heck of a lot at the deadline. But boy, Nemetsnikov, fourth-round pick. That's a good under-the-radar move. Because, again, good two-way player, can kill penalties, could go second power play unit if you want. It's a guy can put the puck in the net, though he's more of a playmaker than, than a scorer, uh, you know, a shooter. But I like it. I like that addition. Gives him, kind of spreads out the scoring, adds another guy to that mix. Very skilled guy. I think so he'll I do like well they did. Yeah, because the other thing, too, is it's an exciting franchise. It's a great fan base. A lot of talent for him to play with as far as the other guys in that lineup up and down. So, I mean, and that obviously can just get a player jacked up. And maybe, maybe they find that little extra more potential that a guy like Nemisnikov has. So, um, you know, kudos to them for getting him. And I'm, I'm happy for him, former Ranger. You know, obviously not the greatest of the times going on up in Ottawa. You know, I saw Duclair doing really well up there, too. Exciting and stuff. But um, I'm excited for Mr. Koff and excited for that team up in, in Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they got a taste last year. You know, they got in the playoffs, and they, they were good. And they started throwing scares into other teams. And then they came in this year, and all of a sudden they weren't, like, under the radar. Like the Rangers, their, their run right now, that's an under-the-radar thing. Let's say the Rangers make the playoffs this year. Not going to be under the radar anymore. No. That was Colorado last year. They're no longer under the radar. But yet, they've been fighting for first place the whole year. And they've had one injury after another to key, you know, key guys. Landis Gog, Rantanen. Rantanen a couple times now. They, you know, and the key there, there's so many keys there. But one of them is they have one of the best players in the game. You could argue Nathan McKinnon should win the Hart Trophy this year for how that team did not falter when one key guy after another, except for McKinnon, went down. Even Kale McCarr went down for a little while. Yep. So uh, really like their chances. One of the things I love about the West is, and you mentioned before, you were talking about you know San Jose and Nashville and Winnipeg, and it was all about those teams for a few years. Yeah. But now we got the new blood. Yep. You know? All right, Colorado had a run last year, but they're still kind of fresh and new about being a contender. But then there's Edmonton back in the playoff picture, yep. right? And the chance of 
Connor McDavid in the playoffs for only the second time in his career. Him and Drysaddle will be excited to watch. Yep. Love it. Yep. Love that. Uh, Vancouver. Job. Talk about former Islanders. Travis, Travis Green. Green. Love him. Yep. What a job he's yep. done there. They rode out a couple tough years, his first couple years with them. Look at that. They're in the playoff mix now. You know, Vegas. You know, is, I know it's their third season. They made a cup final run. Every year they've been, you know, that's, I mean, that's awesome that you get an expansion franchise. And, yeah, you know, the first year they made the cup final run. But every year they're right in it, and they go for it every year. George McPhee and Brad McCrimmon, or, excuse me, uh, the, the new GM McCrimmon, they, it's, it's awesome. They go for it every year. Add Pacioretty last year. Yep. Add Robin Leonard at the deadline this year. The West is – the East is a crapshoot. Like I argue, I think Boston – No pun intended with Vegas, yeah. right? <laughs> yes, exactly. But I think – I agree with you that Boston and Tampa are the two best in the East. I'd argue you could throw five, six – Seven teams in the West. Absolutely. And I wouldn't be stunned if one of those teams makes it to the final. Well, I mean, this is the great time of the year, the greatest time of the year for the uh, NHL and the hockey fans is, is the playoff push, the playoff run. And, and obviously all these great teams that we're talking about here, they're, they're, you know, we're going to get um, 16 of them in there, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Tonight, Edmonton-Vegas. I know it's not the NBC-SN game. That's a game to watch tonight. Well, every night now, all these games. And once again, everybody, we all live from Arugas in Rockville Center, New York, Nassau County, steps away from the Rockville Center train station. It is Wednesday night hockey here tonight. The Sabres and the Avalanche, Avalanche will be the featured game at 8 o'clock. Come on down to Arugas on Wednesday night. It's always hockey night down here. Wear your hockey jersey. You get half-price drinks. We have a custom uh, hockey menu, which I'll, I'll read some of those menu items when we come back from the break. Uh, the Oilers are playing the Golden Knights tonight, and then the Penguins and the Kings we're going to take one more short break here. We are live from Arugas, that hockey show, Paul Cuthbert and Jim Cerny. When we come back, Jim, we're going to flip back. We're going to dive a little more into that game last night on Long Island. Islanders, Rangers, uh, the rivalry coming back, Truba hit, goaltending, uh, scoring, a lot going on, a lot of storylines. So uh, exciting stuff to talk about. But once again, we'll be right back, that hockey show, live from Arugas in Rockville Center. Every night is a great night at Aruga's Grill House and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York. Home of the notorious B.I.G. Pretzel, 44 taps, and 50 widescreen TVs. Come in early every Monday through Friday for happy hour and enjoy half-price drinks and wings 4 to 6 p.m. Wear your medical ID and get half-price taps and apps on Medical Mondays. Tuesday night is poker night with half-price apps, 6 p.m. to close. Kids also eat free on Mondays and Tuesdays with the purchase of an adult entree. Select Wednesdays, we host Paint Night, and you can sing your heart out on Karaoke Thursdays. Party with the best Long Island bands every Friday and Saturday night, and then get half-price apps and drinks on our Sunday industry nights starting at 8 p.m. Arugas does it all, and you can have it all. Located at 49 North Village Avenue in Rockville Center, New York, just steps away from the Rockville Center train station. Call us today at 516-744-9464 or visit arugas.com and click on our location. Arugas, this is your turf.
Hey, Long Island and New York City hockey fans, tune in to the all-new That Hockey Show on THSRadio.com. Broadcasting live on select Wednesday nights from Aruga's Grill House and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York, where the game is always on. Join your host, Paul Cuthbert, at 7 p.m. for a pregame show before the puck drops at 8 p.m. for the game of the week. Skate on down with your line mates for great prizes and giveaways, craft beers, full menu, and lots of hockey-themed specials. Go to THSRadio.com for complete schedule and list of upcoming special guest hosts and featured interviews. That Hockey Show, Arugas, Wednesday nights. It's a natural hat trick. Arugas of Rockville Center, the best sports bar experience, period. Full kitchen, 44 taps, and every seat in the house has a great view of all your favorite sports in action on 50 widescreen TVs. Every UFC fight, all MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL games, NASCAR, and more. Arugas is home of the notoriously B.I.G. Pretzel and serves all your favorite bar food, including award-winning free-range wings with 20 choices of sauce. In addition to great weeknight specials, Arugas presents Long Island's best bands on Fridays and Saturday nights for a -a one-of-a-kind live music experience. Arugas is a great place to host a party or have us cater it right at your own home. Can't make it out during the week? Arugas provides takeout and delivery. Arugas does it all, and you can have it all. Located at 49 North Village Avenue in Rockville Center, New York, just steps away from the Rockville Center train station. Call us today at 516-744-9464 or visit arugas.com and click on our location. Arugas, this is your turf. You're listening to That Hockey Show. Live from Aruga's Grill House and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York, where the game is always on. If you're on Long Island or in the New York metro area, bring your favorite line mates out to see the show on location. Broadcasts are on select Wednesday nights starting at 7 p.m. Stay for the game of the week at 8 p.m. Go to THSRadio.com for full schedule. Now, it's time to get back on the ice with your host, Paul Cuthbert. Take it away, Polly. Yeah, once again, everybody, welcome back to Arugas. That hockey show live. Featured live broadcast here every other week. Go to THSRadio.com for schedule. And uh, hope to always bring a special guest co-host with me. And uh, tonight, we have Jim Cerny from the NHL. And... Uh, Fame and fortune working for the Islanders and Rangers over the years. Real quick, I just want to let everybody know once again, it's a hockey night every Wednesday night here. The featured NBC game of the week will always be on here at 7.30, 8 o'clock, whenever it is. We have a great hockey-themed menu that you can enjoy if you wear your hockey jersey. You get half-price drinks the whole night. Face-off fries, power play, pierogies, goalpost triangles, left wing and right wing. We're all wing, slap shot sliders, tape-to-tape tacos. My favorite, the four-check Philly cheesesteak, and also the cross-check and chicken. Jim, you going to try that later? <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> and uh, great uh, burgers here. And obviously, uh, pretzels here, uh, the pretzel special. I can't read because it's too dark right now, but they have some of the best pretzels in the world here at Aruga's. Uh, they come in secretly overnight, which I've been told. Uh, but uh, 
Once again, Arugas is just a great night. Go ahead, Jim. Dude, dude, should we put that in Braille so you could read it? Probably. Either that, I got <laughs> I to get those big goggle glasses, man. It's just it's awful. Getting old is just terrible. But anyway, let's move forward. Um, wear the Trevor Horn glasses. Remember him? I replaced John Anderson in Yes. Oh, had those man. big glasses that took up his whole end. <laughs> See? Some, somebody said that they... That's Lorraine. She's down there. See? She's listening. <laughs> I'm multifaceted. It's just not hockey. See, I'm thinking of the kids from uh, the Christmas movie, you know, the, the big <laughs> goggle glasses, you know. But anyway, we, once again, we are here live at Aruga's That Hockey Show. So we've run through the, uh, the trade deadline as well and, and talked about some of the winners and the losers and obviously the exciting time of the year with uh, teams running for the playoff chase right now. It's amazing how fast the year goes sometimes, James, uh, with uh, just the training camp starting back in September, uh, the first few games, uh, teams fighting through injuries, and then you get to the point, the trade deadline the other day, and now, I mean, last night with the table of games that were on and just the energy that's going, and let's dive a little into the big game that played last night at the Coliseum is the Islanders and Rangers, both young teams. We talked about it early. Uh, New York hockey is in good shape. Rangers signed Chris Kreider, re-signed Chris Kreider. Um, they don't move any of the goaltenders. And, uh, you know, the Islanders make a couple of trades. And, like, two big trains, they collide last night. Rangers jump out in front. The big guys are all on the board for him, Panarin and so forth. Uh, the defense, Foxy, Truba, big hit there. But, um, you know, we talked about the energy and everything. But let's kind of break down the game a little bit as far as uh, how the Islanders came out. You know, they've been struggling a little bit. They got a couple of wins back. Everybody waiting for this trade deadline. Fire gets lit last night. Let's talk first the Islanders in terms of how they came out last night and played. Yeah, you know what? You could argue the difference in the game where the first 12, 15 minutes when, uh, you know, Georgiev stood on his head. Georgiev was the difference uh, in that first period. And then what happens? This happens in hockey, especially, like, in playoff hockey. You see a goalie can steal you a period. doesn't always have to be a game. But they let you settle into it. You know, he keeps the other team off the board. That's what Georgiev did for them last night. And, you know, there was some concern. Ranger fans were all upset. You know, Shesterkin's going to be out a few weeks with the fractured rib. But yet, you have Georgiev, who's playing some high-level hockey right now. Islanders came out, really were blitzing the Rangers early. Uh, Territorial advantage, uh, scoring chances, and Georgiev was the difference. And what happens? The goalie holds you in it, holds you in it, holds you in it. Boom, you get a chance the other way. And the team that was getting outplayed scores the first goal of the game. Yep. And then from that point money. on, and Rangers had a big penalty kill, and they score. And then, then you saw the Rangers start to really play their game. Um, I, and I'm going to go off the chart here because there's so many... Obvious things to talk about. You know, the guys who scored the goals, Pajot's first game, Georgiev's play. How about Brendan Smith last night? This guy can be a whipping boy among the Ranger fans. And we didn't bring that up early about Brady Shea going to Carolina. Absolutely. Opens up Brady, sp- Brady gets yep. traded. They didn't go down to the minor leagues and call up Libor Hayek. They insert Brendan Smith into the lineup. Defenseman who's played forward more than he's played defense this year. And boy, what a good game he had. He had a really, really solid two-way game. And, you know, defensively, the Rangers under Lindy Ruff and, and Coach Quinn here, that's been a, uh, you know, the roller coaster of a season here. 
The one thing the Rangers didn't do this year was go into a total nosedive of losing six or seven games. In fact, they were struggling that time when they actually brought Shostakovich up, and then things kind of changed a little bit. And obviously, we know the story from there. But defensively, they were playing very well during that time. But now the Rangers recently are getting back to a team that's letting up 40 goals on an average. I mean, the Islanders had, I, I believe, almost 40, 45 shots last night. 40 goals would be a lot. I'm sorry, 40 shots. <laughs> Told you I'm getting see, old, Jim. See, I'd be like that. <laughs> I, I'm probably older than you are. In fact, I sure, I'm sure I am. But I'm like that annoying little brother. That's why you're here, James, to keep me in check. To keep my brain straight. Tweaking. So the Rangers have been giving up uh, over 40 shots on the average now recently. So with all the defensive talent that they have, guys like D'Angelo, Fox, Truba, Smith to talk about, um, that still seems to be an issue that's coming back. They were, they were nailing it down there on their little run, and they were dropping it down to under, under 30. But uh, obviously the goaltender you got, the way Chesney's been playing, Georgia playing, obviously we haven't seen Hank in a while. But talk about that defensively. Do you have a concern there with their inconsistency? Yeah, I, I think it's a concern, but I, I also think it's what you expect. It's a young team. It's a young group. And sometimes they're going to fall into habits that aren't the best. And th- the thing with them is they're a hardworking team. So it's not like, you know, they're getting outshot or they're allowing 40, 45 shots a game because they're getting so outworked. No, they work hard. They just don't always work smart. Mm-hmm. And that'll come. Traits of a young team. You know? It, it'll come. But it's not something you can continue and have success with. And I know Shesterkin stood on his head. Georgiev has been great, too. I just don't think you can keep asking these guys night after night after night. 42 saves, 40 saves, 43 saves. Shesterkin hasn't lost a game yet. I know. Where he's made more than 40 saves. Yep. I mean, it's unreal. That's an unreal statistic. It's also not something you can continue to, to bank on. So Now, other fans yeah, might laugh at that because, hey, you got three fantastic goaltenders. Who cares how many shots you take? Because these guys can all kind of swap in for each other. I mean, the three-headed monster of the goaltender situation. The other thing, too, is where are the shots coming from? Quality of shots. And yeah. there, there, were, there have been stretches where Rangers have, you know, especially earlier in the year, where they left the goalies hanging out to dry. I don't see that as much anymore. I see a better commitment defensively, and I see the quality of shots not be as good. The volume's still up there, but maybe the quality has come back down a little bit, so I think that's a good sign. Um, But yeah, still, if you're going to face... 40 shots, 43 shots, you're going to have a fair number of high-quality sh- chances against, which means you're asking a lot of your 24-year-old goalies. So, so far they've been up to the task, but, you know, as these games get closer and closer to the playoffs, the and then if they the level, do yeah. make it to the playoffs... You don't want to burn these guys out. Absolutely. They've got to work on that structurally as far as uh, containing that and getting better as a defensive team. Yeah. I think all the things you said about the Rangers, Ranger fans know it too. The talent's there. You've got a second-year coach. Um, the goaltending situation, 
Uh, they've been lucky as far as the injuries things are concerned. Obviously, uh, Shostjerkin and Buchnevich getting hurt in a car accident. Thank God they're okay. But you sit back and go, yeah, you got George Evans, you got Lundqvist, two amazing goaltenders. So we'll see that ha- how that progresses. Uh, as far as the toughness on a team, guys like Mew uh, and, and Truba last night. Talk about the um, let's talk about the hit last night, and maybe we can flip over to some of the strengths that you see from the Islanders and uh, in terms of how they played last night and, and the way Pag Joe came in and Rolamov and everything else. The hit. The hits. The hits. So here's how I see it. And I, I, tr- I see it down the middle. I think I'm very fair about this. Ranger fans clearly see it as a clean hit. <laughs> Islander fans clearly see it as a major and, and a suspension. Okay? <laughs> the crowd's speaking. <laughs> the cheers from the gallows. right now. <laughs> I think... So I'm going to say two things that sound opposite of each other here. I think it was a clean hit, but the point of contact was the jaw. It was the head. Jaw's part of the head. So I could understand the case being made that it should be, excuse me, it should be a penalty. However, the Pajot pass makes Dal Cole reach down and lower his head, which ends up being the point of contact. Mm-hmm. Truba's coming 100 miles per hour to throw a big hit. Shoulder, everything's tucked in. His arms are in. Doesn't shoulder, leave his feet. He leads with the shoulder and everything. He's not targeting the head. He's going to make a hockey hit, my opinion. But because the pass is awry, Del Cole is out of position, leaning down, and he gets caught. So that's my take on it. I know it's kind of saying two different things. No, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's just the way the game is and, and the different heights and the timing. And like I said, you know, you, you've been as close to the ice as you can, you know, as a, as a journalist, as a reporter and everything else. And everybody's been down close to the, to the game, been on the ice. You know, it's, it's a thousand miles an hour. Split-second yeah. decisions. Yep. And, of course, the other one is Anders Lee. Is he interfering with Georgia? I don't know. Was he? <laughs> I think on that one, technically, was his skate in the blue? It was. We don't want to go with the whole Did he blue back thing. in? He backed in first, came back out. He and Lindgren jostling for position there. Never touches Georgiev. I could see Islander fans not being happy about that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a frustrating part of it, uh, but at the end, at the after all that though, yep. the Islanders did work their tails off, and they tie this game. And that's something I want to ask you about Trotz and this team, because let's, you know, the big change with John Tavares leaving, the big star leaving, and Trotz has done I think incredibly well with a homegrown team, a couple of pieces they put in over the you know the last couple of years, but man, these guys will go through the wall for this guy, and they hung in there, they kept up the pressure. And they played so well. And that's been their M.O. through most of the season, even through the lull right here they're going through. Every team goes through it. But if they get that flipped around, like, like the way they were on that 20-game run, I swear to God, I felt like the Islanders were never going to lose again. And then when you see them come back last night, and very surprising because the twist on the Rangers is they would always lose that game. Yep. For them to win yep. that game last yep. night, that's a, that's a tie turn for the Rangers. Yep. But talk about that work ethic that Barry Trotz has installed in this Islander team. And it goes back to what we said about them getting uh, J.P. Pajot. How he fits into that. Tremendous work ethic. 
plays a 200-foot game. You know, similarity, they're different teams. I think the Rangers have a different skill level than the Islanders do. Islanders a little bit more of a, you know, now a little bit more of a veteran team than the Rangers are. But, boy, both teams play hard. Yeah. Like, there's really, that's a similarity between these two teams, and that's why it makes those, these head-to-head games so, so great. There's, there's no quit in either team, and we've seen that out of both teams this season. Work ethic is there. Both teams play hard. Not always playing smart. You know, sometimes you, you make mistakes, but both teams play so hard, and they're so committed, and there was no quit. I'll tell you, Guy, we haven't mentioned his name. I thought he really turned it up. In that third period when the Islanders fell down 3-1, he was a guy that took over the game as far as the Islanders were concerned. That's Matthew Barzell. Yeah. He was the best player on the ice for the final 10 minutes of the game. Every time he was on the ice, he had the puck, he was making a play, he was dancing with it, he was creating, he was opening up space, creating scoring chances. And then, of course, you know, we saw, you know, how he's involved there, you know, setting up Everly and... Uh, you know, that made it 3-2, and that gave the Islanders that, you know, the hope that, hey, you know, maybe we got a shot here. Um, boy, you see Barzell, you know, a segment like that where he can just take over, and he did. He was best player on the ice in the final 10 minutes of the game. And if you're the Islanders, you know, that's what you love to see. And I know he's worked hard on his two-way game. His offensive numbers have come back down to earth since Barry Trotz has been the head coach. But you see that, and you're like, well, his, your eyes, you know, <laughs> light up. But it's a hard thing the Islanders have asked Matt Barzell to do. You know, when he won Rookie of the Year, and he was a point-of-game player, and he was dazzling offensively, well, he was lacking defensively. Barry Trotz has worked hard, and the coaching staff's worked hard, and, and Barzell's worked hard at turning him into a complete hockey player. But the numbers now have come down, and you know that Barzell would love for those numbers to go back up, especially now heading into a contract, you know, at the end of the season. He's up, his contract's up. So it's, it's a testament to him that he has sacrificed numbers to be an all-around player at such a young age. It shows a lot of maturity about him, as does taking over a game like that you know, with the game on the line, you know, a huge game, huge two points at stake like he did last night. No, it, it's great to see. And uh, I, I do want to touch on something with you as we were, uh, you know, we're coming down to wrapping up the show here. Once again, that hockey show live from Arugas. Every Wednesday night here at Arugas is hockey night. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll have the Sabres and the Avalanche here on all the TVs. Uh, for those of you out there listening or stopping down here for the first night, um, on Wednesday nights, you wear your hockey jersey, any jersey. Come on in, you get half price drinks. And again, we have a, a special featured hockey menu. So uh, tell your friends, uh, your hockey buds, you come down with groups of 10, you get custom parties. It's all great stuff. Jim, to wrap up this thing on the Islanders and Rangers here, and I think you're, and once again, Jim Cerny is with me here tonight, folks. Uh, a great guy uh, from NHL. And, and the one reason I'm glad you're here tonight, especially I get lucky because of that game last night because you've, you've got such a history with both organizations. Here's something I want to bring up, and I want to get your take on this. The Islanders, obviously, as far as the tradition, respectability, um, the whole John Tavares debacle here the last couple of years, uh, the ownerships, 
the failures in, in, in not getting into the playoffs, uh, the two buildings, Barclays and everything else. In the last couple of years here, Lou Lamorello comes in, Barry Trotz, all those, Barzell, and all these young guys that are now benefiting from playing from such a class act, a phenomenal, experienced Stanley Cup champion coach as Barry Trotz. That lines up with new ownership. Um, the building thing is, is straightened out, yep. so that they don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, the farm system, the, the draft picks, everything else. John Tavares is in the past. Toronto's got their own problems. So there's the Islanders reestablishing themselves as a legitimate contender again, but also just a quality franchise. Top that off with putting Tonelli's number up, Butch Goring, paying respect to the dynasty guys, which they always should have. Now you go over the Rangers. The letter came out there a couple years ago. They let Fignol go. They bring in Quinn. JD comes on board this year. Gorton gets the reins as GM. He's done a fantastic job coming in here. Um, and this team now, this organization, again, is now, you know, getting the respect. They're mixing their draft picks, their farm system. And then, like I said, you bring in Truba. You bring in Panarin. Um, and, and outside, this is the one I want to get to. Let's take Hank out of, outside because his situation, his contract, he doesn't leave, all that stuff, the king, legendary. Both franchises, as far as off the ice, Rangers had a little thing with Anderson. But both teams, and you saw it last night, they love playing for the crest on their jersey. But as far as off the ice, very respectable. Um, proud of who they're playing for. Uh, and it shows in terms of, uh, and, and that's an extension to the fan bases. Because the, the fever in the fan bases right now is rising up again. Like it hasn't in a long, long time. And like you said before, one was up, one was down. But now the Rangers are coming up together. But talk about where both branches are right now, respectively, primarily from organizational standpoint, from the top down to whoever's playing a goal or throwing the pucks out of practice. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think Jeff Gordon, uh, he, he's an understated guy. You know, he doesn't talk to the media a lot. It's kind of a Rangers organizational thing. You know, they, they don't put their GM and president out there too much. So a lot of fans, they don't feel like that they know Gordon so well. I got to tell you, I, I work there. This guy, he is a hell of a general manager. And I think you see it move after move after move and how he stuck to the plan after the letter. But it was even before that. My friend Richie is, is over here. And hey, Richie. We were, we, were, <laughs> we were talking about the Rangers before, before the show started. And I said, you know, this all started before the letter with Jeff Gordon. Gordon had this vision of what needed to be done. It all started with the Derek Broussard, Mika Zibanejad trade. Yep. That started laying the groundwork of where they were going to go. Wasn't called a rebuild then. Rangers actually made the playoffs that year, made it to the second round. But that was the beginning. And then there was the step-on trade with Arizona. Another winning move because what you did with Broussard and Stepan by trading your top two centers, really, was that you created salary cap maneuverability. They were in salary cap hell. He worked them out of that, got them extra draft picks. You can argue the merits of the Leah Anderson pick, but he got them. That was the beginning of let's start adding assets. We haven't had a first-round pick since 2012. You know, at that point, he had this plan in place. It was long before the letter, long before people talked about rebuild and what have you. 
but he's, he's stayed with it. And one move after another have just paid off. But the thing, and again, I, I referenced the conversation I had with my buddy here beforehand, was that when the smart thing that they did was they stockpiled the draft picks, they stopped, stockpiled uh, you know, young prospects in trades when they traded McDonough and Nash and you know, all those moves, knowing this is the thing. They know that not everyone's going to pan out. Mm-hmm. But the more you get, Capo the Caco. more <laughs> he's going to pan. He's 18 years old. He's going to, Jack Hughes is going to pan out too. Yes. <clears throat> They're 18 year old kids. Yes, I know. <laughs> but not everybody's going to pan out. So it's not throwing all your eggs in one basket, you know, for one or two guys. The amount of assets that he has brought into this organization, starting with Sabanajad. So now we're talking a few years. The amount of assets that he's added is why how this rebuild has been so quick. And again, they still have a ways to go. Absolutely. And they're still figuring it's on it a good out track. with some young guys. It's on a good track. But they're on the right track, yep. for sure. For the Islanders, starts at the top. You bring in Lou Lamarillo. Listen, before you go there, Jim, because yeah. i got to tell you, and just the last thing on the Rangers, J.D. coming in at the time that he's coming in, with all the experience that he gained in St. Louis, he's definitely responsible for a, a lot of the guys that are playing on that St. Louis Blues team. And Columbus. And, and then Columbus. And, uh, you, you know, look, Torts and Columbus had a great run pushing Boston to the limits last year. So that's the other thing I just want to touch on that because that's, that's a huge thing about J.D. coming to where he loves, and now he's home. Now go to the island. Yeah, and, and he just, he's a ranger. Even when he went to the Blues, who, by the way, were the team that drafted him originally. You know, even when he was in Columbus, he's a Ranger. He played for him. He's a broadcaster. He's just, he's one of those guys that's just tied to the Rangers. And this is his dream job. He wanted it. Wanted to come back here. That's another thing. You know, you talk about organizations and and you want to build a place that people want to be at. And the Islanders have turned that corner as well with Lou Lamarillo, Barry Trotz. Guys want to be there now, the new arena. Yep. You don't think that's going to work in their favor when they start, you know, mulling around for free agents down the road? Absolutely. Absolutely. But with the Rangers, you have that as well. There's a culture there that people want to be a part of. Artemi Panarin wanted to be a Ranger. Reportedly, who knows? I'm not involved in negotiations. But he was offered more money by the Isles. But he wanted to be a Ranger. John Davidson wanted to come home yep. and work for the Rangers. That says something. You know, it says something about the culture there. And I think in this, I know we kind of now are bringing it back full circle, you know, completing the circle here to what you were talking about. Both teams have built this culture now. Different teams, different cultures, different people leading it. But places, they're destinations now, you know. They're viewed, they're both viewed that way. And I'd argue... Even during the rebuild, and this is credit the Ranger fans for not losing their minds. You know, oh, oh, two years out of the playoffs, could be three this year. Mm -hmm. They hopped on board. But part of it was the smartest thing they did. Well, they did a lot of smart things. That letter was pure PR genius. Got me back in. Hey, guys, I'm going to put my hands up. GM's going to say, listen, this is where we're at. We're honest about it. Here's the, here's the plan. 
And then he follows through and executes the plan. So there, Lou Lamarillo comes on to Long Island here. That's, you know, for Ranger fans too, it's like, oh, jeez, not Lou Lamarillo. Please no. And he goes out and he gets Barry Trotz. Talking about, you know, uh, just bringing the, 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 the quality back to the organization. And then Lamarillo kind of does the same thing. Trotz, he brings in. It's instant credibility. Uh, they get through the John Tavares. They try to keep him. Johnny goes, does his thing. And man, the franchise, the team, like, they've just moved on in such an incredible professional way. And I think all the guys on the Islanders, too, it's uh, even being a Ranger fan, it's great to see uh, there's a lot of class on that team as far as the players. And Trotz and Lamarello have definitely brought it, yeah, even with, and especially it starts with Ledecky, too, at the top. Yeah, and you know, really the turnaround for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You tie that into when Lou went there, too. You know, he cleaned up a lot of stuff there, put well, them on the him. right track. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, there are some issues there now, but they're on, you know, obviously he helped get them back on the right track. And, and certainly, you know, he came to the Islanders, and it's just that instant credibility. You know, Lou is Lou. You know, he's got his own way of doing things and all that. But, boy, he's going to pull that organization together quickly, and that's what he did and obviously the hiring of Barry Trotz, you know, fresh off the Stanley Cup. There's a little bit of luck involved there, you know, because, he, you know, the Washington was willing to let him go after winning the Cup, you know, the contract. But bringing in Barry Trotz was the move. Yeah. Part of this, too, you got to give credit sometimes to the players, too. Those Islander players really banded together, led by the leadership group, guys like Anders Lee, guys like Cal Clutterbuck. They led this group, Johnny Boychuk, you know, the veteran guys set the tone of, it's all right, you know, JT moved on, he made his decision, it's tough, fans aren't happy about it, but you know what, we're going to be all right. And then Barry Trotz emphasized that team game, it's all about the team. We touched on it with Matt Barzell before. Yep. It's all about the team. And got and the results quickly last year. Results quickly because the guys bought in. And the thing I'll argue is that, Getting a team, especially coming off like the year before, they didn't make the playoffs, they allowed the most goals in the NHL, and they were a little bit of a mess. They were fun to watch. Yeah. Because they'd score a ton, they'd give up a ton. You know, they, those are fun games to watch. But you're not going to be a playoff team like that. They, it's easy, I don't know if easy is the right word, but maybe easier to buy in. Trotz comes in, we're going to button it down, we're going to play a two-way game, we're going to be better defensively, more committed in our own zone. What I'm most impressed by is that now it came to year two, you have the same commitment, same buy-in, which means that coach has the respect of everybody on that team. And again, it comes from the leadership group, Mm -hmm. but those guys have so much respect for their coach and, and, and above him, Lou Lamarillo. But really, I think it's more about the coach because the player has more of a, you know, one-on-one with, with the coach, you know, more of a relationship. That's hard. The buy-in the first year, was I surprised that they cut their goals against like they did? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but doing it two years in a row to have that level of commitment, that's impressive. Yeah, it's great stuff. Um, you know, I can't say enough about Barry Trotz. Uh, and he's he's done it all. He's, he's had the big stars. He's started with an expansion team. He's, you know, won the Stanley Cup. 
and I give him so much credit to, to come to Long Island at a possibility of a time that, you know, he might have, he could have had his pick, you know, wherever he wanted to go. And I commend him for coming here. And as New York hockey fans, we get the spoils. And I think that's the great thing about the Rangers, any Islanders right now. They're both headed in the right direction. And if last night is any taste of the future, hang on there, folks. And and for us, James, uh, just, you know, watching this team, both of these teams, uh, it's exciting. Because everybody was pumped up last night. You could just see it, you know, the fans in in the building. And, um, you know, on, on social media, and you can just see it. And, and the fans are buying in. Not only are the players buying into the leadership and the coaching, but the fans are in too. And you know, you work for the NHL. It's the greatest game in the world. It's the greatest league in the world. And that's what you want. It all kind of comes together. And to have that happen in New York again, because back in the 90s, obviously, Rangers and the Devils were going at it back then. In the 80s, Islanders and, and, and oh. Rangers. And now it looks like it's going to come those, back, and the Rangers and Islanders are going to take at it. Those epic series, and, and you know what? Don't want to date myself or you, <laughs> you know. Well, I don't want to date you we either. We still look handsome, James. Seth, We're still handsome see, guys. I don't want to date you <laughs> or date you, but that's a whole other issue. But, I mean, 79, you know, that series, you know, Rangers won that one. Then, you know, Islanders had to get through the Rangers a couple times in the 80s to continue their cup runs, you know, the... That great series, you know, with Kenny Morrow and the overtime goal, you know, the series deciding goal. You know, 79 it started. You know, Islanders will tell you to a man. Dennis Potvin's told me this. Bobby Bobby Nystrom's told me this so many times that they should have won the Cup in 79. Absolutely. Because they felt they were so much better than the New York Rangers. And it still chaps Bobby Nye to this day. He said, yeah, you, yeah we, we, we got the, you know, the four cups and everything. Should have been five. We should have had <laughs> five. Could have had six. We should, well, could have, well, but Edmonton, yeah. the old Mark Messier comment, you got to lose before you win. Yep. Got to lose before you win. Edmonton lost in 83. Islanders beat them. 84, there was no stopping Edmonton at that point. It's great stuff. Once again, everybody, that hockey show live from Arugas in Rockville Center, New York. Wrapping up that hockey show. We are here uh, every other week through the end of the season. And then uh, hopefully the Islanders and Rangers will both be in the playoffs this year and come down here on Wednesday nights. Every Wednesday night is hockey night here. The NBC Game of the Week will be on. We're going to wrap things up here myself. And ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Jim Cerny, my guest co-host here this evening from NHL. Want to thank Arugas. Want to thank uh, everybody for coming out tonight. Don't forget, uh, you come down here on Wednesday night. Wear any jersey, you get half price drinks. It's a custom hockey menu here as well too. Uh, it's great stuff. So it's a great experience. I want to thank Arugas for getting behind uh, hockey and obviously supporting that hockey show. And uh, we also want to welcome the Icelanders are here tonight. Uh, these guys are going to be hanging out here behind me and Jim as we wrap up stairs here. The penalty box, they're calling it. Uh, and out there, bring your teams down. You get sponsorships. They're going to cuss a party tonight. They're going to get some free beers and some food and everything else. So it's all good stuff. Arugas is definitely taking care of the hockey fan. So make sure you come down here. So last thing, Jim, before we go, Uh-oh. because we don't know. I mean, I know me and you will talk, but as far as getting on air, if you had to say it right now, who's going to come out of the East and who's coming out of the West? Ooh, wow. You got four seconds. Four seconds. No. Uh, Tampa, <laughs> I still think Tampa... 
They've been my pick. I, I like what they did at the deadline. Not so much Barkley Goudreau, but I love the Blake Coleman addition. So I'm going to say Tampa in the East. Ah, I'm going to say Vegas in the West. All right, there you go. The Lightning will be playing the Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup Finals. You heard it from the mouth of Mr. Jim Cerny. Jim, I can't thank you enough for doing this with me tonight. Thanks for having me. We're definitely going to do this again, man. Absolutely. Absolutely a blast. You're a class act for coming here. Thanks to Lorraine and the whole staff here, Kamalo and everybody else from Arugas for having us. That hockey show for all the archives. Check out Spotify, iTunes, THSradio.com. And make sure you check out Arugas.com and click on the Raffle Center location. Come on down, everybody. Wednesday night hockey. Colorado and Buffalo are in progress. They're up on all the big screens down here. Come on out and hang out and catch the end of the game. Have a drink. Good night, everybody.